telling the story of agriculture. Sadly, for some time now, it hasn't been agriculture telling the story. It's not telling its own story. And it's, in a lot of ways, the story has been left for other people to tell. People who aren't as intimately aware of what agriculture is all about, what the challenges are, what the good and the bad is right now. The story's been told by a news media that really doesn't know farming at all. It's been told in some cases by activists. Uh, and this has led to a public misunderstanding of what farming is all about and what's going on in our rural communities, the farming community, uh, where people's food really comes from. And, and, and we know that the society at large here in, in our country uh, is more and more interested all the time in where their food comes from. But where are they getting answers when they ask the questions about that? And and there there's kind of a, a change, a paradigm shift happening in the agriculture community right now, a renewed focus on owning that story, taking the bull by the horns and, and telling the story, even with the risks that are out there. And that's been part of it for a long time. People have been scared to, to speak out. They're worried about being targeted. They're worried about being misquoted. They're worried about being sued. All kinds of things that have kept people who really know what's going on from speaking out, have kept agriculture from telling its own story. That's why I'm involved. Welcome back, by the way. Kind of a lengthy intro. Dylan Honkoop here on The Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. Um, Spent a long time here on the radio as a storyteller. Now I'm a full-time storyteller in the agricultural community. Still have this program. I don't have my other shows and and whatnot, but I still have this program here on KGMI. And and I'm lucky to uh, and fortunate to, to have this opportunity. It's also thanks to our sponsors, Farmers Equipment Company. Uh, as well as Laurel Farm and Western Supply for sponsoring this program. Read an in- very interesting, intriguing book on this issue of communication and agriculture telling its own story, or in a lot of cases in recent history, not telling its own story. It's what my job is all about, and it's something that the author that joins us now has been very focused on from an academic perspective as well as a practical perspective. Her name is Jessica Eyes. She's one of the authors, along with Whitney Hotty, uh, of the Communication Scarcity in Agriculture. Very simply, pretty self-explanatory title, and it hits the mark right on. Jessica, thanks for joining us on the program. So talk about what's going on. How did this book come to be? What's your perspective on agriculture and how agriculture tells its own story? Thanks, Dylan, for having me. I'm glad to be here. And um, so I guess to tell you a little bit about myself and how I got involved in this is I actually don't have a background in agriculture um, up until about four years ago. I had been working in media and communication in other areas, and I wasn't acquainted with this, this area. And then I was hired on as the director of communications for the Department of Agricultural Economics at Purdue University. And they hired me for my communication skills, not my agricultural background. And it actually ended up being perfect because when I came in, I got to witness firsthand what it felt like to realize that I personally had a lot of misunderstandings and misconceptions about what our food and agricultural system is. And that was really a personal motivator for me to move this book forward and to start delving into the issue. 
So, so in I think some I answered w- one of your questions there. Yeah, but, in some ways yeah. you're like an outsider, but with, with uh, to the agricultural community coming in and saying, wow, this is what's really going on. We need to tell this story and we need to tell it in a different way. And here I'm someone trained in communications. This is what, what, what this community needs to be doing. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. And, um, you know, I think also when you're so ingrained in a field, when it's your life, it's your livelihood, which is really the case for so many people in agriculture, you know, they grew up on the farm, they inherited the farm. It's such a way of life that there's a lot of assumptions about what people know. And it's hard to just kind of wrap your head around how ignorant people really can be about the realities of what agriculture is. And it's also, I think, hard to wrap your head around the fact that it's really difficult in today's environment to discern fact from fiction mm. or one, you know, snippet of information from what it really looks like in a contextualized environment. In a lot of ways, farm folks and, and uh, my background, for people who don't know, I grew up on a, a local family farm here. And then I've spent, you know, the past over a decade in the media business and now have come back as a communicator for the agricultural community in my capacity at Save Family Farming, um, because of my passion really for both and, and because of my, you know, the, I feel the same way as Jessica, that agriculture needs to do a better job of, of telling its own story, and I want to be a part of that um, solution. But if we look at this dynamic here, it, it really has gotten to the point where a lot of people don't know the truth about what's going on. They've heard a lot of things, and they, and they can't on their own um, discern whether it's accurate or not. And so in a lot of ways, the farm folks like myself get frustrated with, oh, city people, they don't know what the heck they're talking about. And, you know, they get on bandwagons about, you know, this or that, activism, this cause, this whatever. In some ways, you can't even blame them um, as much as you can blame some of the people who haven't been telling the truth about agriculture. And in some ways, this is the hard part, you have to blame agriculture for not filling that void uh, and f- answering those questions that, that people not connected with agriculture have and want to know uh, to be able to understand what's really going on. Yeah, and I think um, it's, there's, there's two things to think about. One is that... Um, I like to say that 98% of people are really well-intentioned and they want to hear what you have to say. And I say 98% because you've always got your extremes on one side that are never really going to listen. Yeah. But most people are really well-intentioned and when they do something or when they jump on some bandwagon or they advocate for something that maybe doesn't actually serve their interests or the interests of their community, it's usually not out of malice but it's usually out of misinformation. But the thing is, it can be really hard to look at it that way when you're the one who's being attacked, Mm -hmm. right? Or when you feel like you're the one being attacked. Um, And that's where really, I think, emotions come into play so much around communication because it's so easy for us to respond emotionally when somebody, we feel like someone's attacking us. And it's also easy for us to, you know, kind of go into our knee-jerk reaction of wanting to attack somebody else, right? Like to think stupid consumers, they don't know, you know like, <laughs> right. they don't know anything. But then on the other side, it's really easy for people to be like, oh, those farmers don't care about our land. They are trying to poison us, whatever, right. you know? So, or they're just, just cranky and get mad every time we say something, which you know, yeah. there's a bit of truth to it. And so it's just this kind of like counterproductive state. Right. Jessica Eyes is with us. She's author of a book called The Communication Scarcity 
and agriculture, talking about something that really is my life now that I'm no longer full-time here at the radio station. All I do is host this, the, the farming show here on KGMI. Um, and the rest of my time is spent trying to tell the story of agriculture. Uh, Save Family Farming, savefamilyfarming.org uh, is the group that I'm with, and we have affiliates around Washington State. Our, our focus really is statewide, but we work with Whatcom Family Farmers and Skagit Family Farmers and Yakima Family Farmers and other uh, organizations and agencies around the state. As a professional communicator, Jessica, coming into this ag world and seeing this scarcity of communication as your book is so aptly named were you shocked to find really how bad it actually is i actually was shocked um i was uh and it it moved me uh on a personal level because i felt like as i as i got to know my colleagues i i really started to when i joined into the egg industry about four years ago i started to really appreciate who they were as people mm-hmm and to appreciate how hard they were working. Um, and But it took a really long time for me to understand what they were doing. And they weren't, uh, just being candid, they weren't great at explaining to me what they were doing or why they were doing it. Mm-hmm. It took kind of a long time to pull that information out and to extract it and to start to get a really good perspective of the field. And as I realized that I was kind of gaining this enlightenment, it really struck me that all my other peers outside of agriculture were not gaining that education with me. Mm. And I found it a little bit, you know, I don't disturbing because, you know, food and agriculture is foundational for everything that we do. Yeah, everybody eats, right? <laughs> yes, and we we hope everybody is eating. <laughs> we hope they're eating something from farms because otherwise it was made yes. in a lab and I don't think anybody likes that idea. But really, <laughs> you're seeing what I've also been following for years. A lot of people in the ag community around here locally get annoyed with me because I'm always saying, you guys are doing it wrong. You <laughs> need to learn how to tell your own story. You can't just put your head in the sand and ignore it, or you can't just get angry. You have to engage. And, and really, when there's a void of information, something is going to fill that. Do you want to be the person controlling the story and telling the truth, or do you want someone else with their assumptions or even worse, their malice uh, coming in and filling that void? And no, you don't. So really, this has been one of the, the points that I've made to farmers time and again. The choice often is, do I speak out or do I not? And speaking out is dangerous and I may have a target put on my back. I may be misquoted, all these different risks of not talking. So then the decision comes, well, it's safe not to talk. That's that's the safe choice. So I'm going to stay safe and not talk. But, but what that leaves out is that there's a lot of risks in not talking and not speaking out, not telling agriculture story. Uh, and in fact, the risks of that are often a lot higher than the risks that you're taking when you do speak out. And, and that doesn't really enter into, I think, a lot of people's calculus, especially the type of folks who farm. Farming attracts a certain personality type. I, I know because I'm in and around it and have been my whole life. Um, and those folks aren't the kind of people who like to be doing press releases and, and press conferences and talking to reporters and they want to be out in the field farming. You're right, and you make a really good point there, and that's that being silent is is a really poor strategy. And that's because today, in today's information environment, when someone is silent, the assumption is that they have something to hide. Now, that may not be the case, but that's what people assume when they're silent from the other side. So say 
there's an issue that's rising that people are concerned about, and one voice is just not saying anything, or they're just not sharing information. And so rather than just assuming, oh, well, you know, maybe they don't have the resources, or they don't have the time, or they don't have the personality type, you know, all the reasons that might actually be coming into play, people just assume that they're being quiet because they have something to hide, and there's right. something that they don't want people to know. And so being quiet is not a good option. And speaking to the, the fear of being misquoted or having a target painted on your back, I, I have been misquoted before in the media, and, but that doesn't stop me from talking to the media. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had occasions where I've done shows like this where I've listened to myself afterwards and I've seen that I didn't do a great job. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, you yeah. know, I really could have done a lot better. Um, but that's just part of it, and no one is expecting anyone to be perfect, and reporters are human just like everybody else, and, you know, the times in which I've been misquoted, it was never done maliciously. It was done on accident, and I spoke with the reporters afterwards politely. I didn't berate them, but I spoke with them, and they were apologetic. Um, so I think that you just have to understand that, that you know, journalism isn't perfect, um, but it is still an important part of our civil society, and yeah. it's much, much better to try to put yourself out there than otherwise. There's a lot of focus on legal, uh, with, sadly, a lot of lawsuits that have been flying around, um, people suing folks in the, in the ag community, and a lot of times it's the lawyers who kind of have the final say on how someone handles something. I, I don't always think that's right, because lawyers are focused on a win in court. They want a legal win, and sometimes what happens in court isn't everything uh, because there's also another court and that's the court of public opinion. And you may have, you may have a victory in the the legal system, but if the court of public opinion convicts you uh, sometimes that can be a whole lot more damaging. And, and that's where this, this issue of of being silent comes into play, kind of like pleading the fifth. Well, sometimes, (laughs) you know, in court you have a legal right to plead the fifth, but in the court of public opinion, um, like you're saying, Jessica, uh, you plead the fifth, quote unquote, uh, there are going to be a lot of assumptions that go with that. And most of them are not good. And that's something that, that agriculture needs to turn around because for the most part, it has been pleading the fifth for many years. And a lot of people are very suspicious. And a lot of people have seized on that opportunity to create a narrative that doesn't reflect reality and really paints agriculture in a, in a very bad uh, damaging light and have created that much more doubt in the consumer's mind about the food that they're eating. It's, it's kind of a snowball effect that needs to be turned around. What, what, what do you suggest for people in, in the agricultural industry other than reading your book? Uh, the communication stra- <laughs> uh, the communication scarcity in agriculture, and I highly re- recommend it. You can find it on Amazon. Um, and we're again talking with the author right now here on the Farming Show, Jessica Eyes. What do you suggest for for people to be doing right now in agriculture? The first thing that I suggest is not to not to freak out because I think a lot of people when they think, "Oh my gosh, I have to communicate," that means I have to start a blog. <laughs> or I have to do this, or, or I suddenly it feels so overwhelming that you just feel paralyzed. Uh, the first thing I would always recommend is look at your local community, um, because there's usually a lot of opportunity right there in your local community to engage in outreach, meaningful outreach with people. And we can't make assumptions that your local community knows about what you do or knows about farming or agriculture. They may not. And there's, you know, a lot of good ways to outreach is writing letters to the editor at your local paper. 
um, I really recommend that you don't write an angry letter to the editor because when you write angry letters, the only people who are going to hear you are the people who already believe what you believe. Yep. Because yep. when people who, so there's a lot of communication research behind this is when, and when people hear lots of research, not just communication, um, when we are angry or we state an angry opinion, people who don't already believe the same thing that we do often double down on their own opinion. Yep, exactly right. Uh, so it, yeah, so it has the kind of a counter effect to what you might want. So it's much better to like present it in a, a gentle, um, calm, non-angry approach. And I really encourage people to, and I know this can make you feel vulnerable. I encourage people to talk about their own personal experience and to speak from an I position. So, you know, my story is this, I do this, um, and then kind of sharing what you do because people really relate. People relate to people. It's true. Jessica I is with us. Unfortunately, we're out of time. She's author of the new book, uh, The Communication Scarcity in Agriculture. Again, you can find it on Amazon. I highly recommend it. Jessica, Director of Communications in the Department of Agricultural Economics at Purdue uh, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. There's so much more that we could get into. And, and this is, you know, I'm particularly passionate about it because that's what, what we're talking about here is what my job is now. So it's very exciting to hear from other folks like yourself, um, who are seeing some of the things that I'm seeing as well. Jessica, thanks for being here on the program. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure.